Hello fellow brethren and welcome to the Faith Encounter service from the Kodesh Family Church University City, Philadelphia. The message you're about to hear is a faith-filled message of Pastor Daniel Ofosu, a beloved son of Bishop Dagwood Mills. Open up your heart, listen with faith and allow the Word of God to bring positive change and transformation into your life. Happy listening.
Here we stand We're fighting for the Lord We will fight a good fight To stay in the will of the Lord Amen my pulpits. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this great privilege that we have to be in your presence this afternoon. We thank you for making it possible for us to be here. We do not take it for granted. I want to say we appreciate everything that you do for us, watching over us, keeping us from evil. blessing us life watching of our families Lord ensuring that the weapons that have been assigned against us do not prosper so we lift up our hands we lift up our voices we lift up our hearts say thank you thank you thank you Father, we ask, Lord, that as we get into your word today, you would grant us the spirit of understanding. Father, may your word, Lord, light up a fire in our hearts. May our desire for your word grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Father, help us to understand everything that you are sharing with us teaching us thank you for your presence the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place have your way in Jesus name we pray amen hallelujah I said hallelujah I hope you are happy. I hope no one forced you to be in church today. You know, because if you are forced to be in church, it's a, it's a different feeling. But when you are here because you believe that you should be here, then it's also a different feeling, and a different experience. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Now, today I want to share something. Um, maybe I'd say it's a continuation of what we started last week. But maybe in a little, in a different direction a bit. Now, last week we started talking about the voice of the Bible. 
Amen. How many of you were here last week? Do you remember anything from last week? Not so sure. Not taking notes. But it's good. So we started talking about the voice of the Bible, and we were talking about the fact that um, the Bible is God's inspired words or inspired word for us. Hallelujah. And um, in fact, even before last week, we were talking, to, that's two weeks ago, we were talking about the voice of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we said that um, the Spirit of man, which is your spirit, which is the Spirit which is inside of you, is a candle um, of the Lord, searching even into the inward parts of the belly. And that is in um, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. The, the spirit of man is a candle of the Lord. Now, we also said um, two weeks ago, or we were learning about how the spirit of God interacts with our spirit and the fact that we need to have we need to be spiritual. We need to be able to communicate with God. And, you know, John chapter 4, verse 24 says that um, man, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So you... Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, so without, um, without the Spirit, Hallelujah. Yeah. So, you love the physical person that you can see um, and not the spirit that is inside the person because you cannot see Chapter 4 and verse 24. Okay, so in worshiping God and in communicating with God, we need to have God's words in us. Okay, we need to be able to speak to God in his language. That is why we need the word of God. That's why we spent a lot of time last week talking about the word of God and how important it was. Okay? Said, I mean, we said many things about the Word of God last week. We said that the spirit, the, all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction in righteousness, that the man of God may be made perfect in all things. 
Hallelujah. All scripture is profitable. All scripture is profitable. So the word of God is an important aspect of your Christianity. You cannot have a, a, a you cannot be a Christian if you don't have the word of God and if you don't have the word of God as an active part of your life. Amen. The Spirit of God is important because that is where or that is how we communicate with God. You know? But you need the Word of God also. You need the Word of God. In John chapter 15, uh, chapter 14 and verse 16, Jesus said that I'll pray the Father and he will send you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Hallelujah. And then in John chapter 14, chapter 15, verse 7, it says that if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, what will happen? You shall ask whatsoever and it shall be granted unto you. Hallelujah. So the words of God must abide in you, must abide in you and me. The word of God. We cannot take, you cannot be a Christian and separate yourself from the word of God. Or you cannot be a good Christian if you don't spend time with the word of God. One, five minutes a day is not enough. Two seconds flashing, like the Bible up flashing in front of your face is not enough. It must abide. That's what the word of God says. It must abide. If my words abide in you, that is when you, you would ask something and you would receive it. Hallelujah. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Many of us have a problem with our prayers being answered. Like we pray, but we don't really see that our prayers are being answered. Which is a big problem because if you're a Christian and you believe in prayer, you believe in God, you want or you expect that all your prayers will be answered. In fact, I say it all the time. I say that God answers prayers all the time. So if your prayers are not being answered, it's a challenge. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, verse, 20, verse 23, that for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's what he said. Jesus, pay attention very closely. He said that what? Whosoever. Verily, verily. Verily, verily means that for sure, I'm telling you this for a fact. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart 
but shall believe that whatsoever he saith shall come to pass, then he shall have it. Then he went on to say in verse 24, therefore. So when someone says therefore, what does it mean? It means that what I'm about to say is based on what I have already said. True or false? Are you with me? I want to, sh- I want to show you something. Look, we are, well, I can tell you what we're about to, what I'm going to share with you. This one, I'm just giving you a little bit of background. Today, we are going to talk about what happens when you don't pray. Those of you who are into titles and subjects. The title is, What Happens When You Don't Pray? But I want to show you something here before we move into that. <clears throat> so, he says, therefore, therefore, which means that I've said something, I've established the fact, and what I'm about to say is based on that fact. Therefore, I say unto you also, when ye pray, believe. Or whatsoever things, whatsoever thing, 24, so whatsoever things ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Now, if you think carefully about the scripture, you realize something that Jesus was, in verse 23, he was actually making a general statement. Right? He was making a general statement. Actually, what is the context of this scripture? The context is that he and his disciples were moving through town. They got somewhere. He was hungry. He went to a fig tree, and he was expecting, because there were uh, leaves on the tree, he was looking very nice. So he was expecting to find fruit on the tree. Martin. And he got there, and there was no fruit. Then he said to the tree, from today, no one is going to eat from you again. You are cursed. He just spoke like that. You are cursed. The tree is cursed. Nobody will eat from you again. And then he left. They went somewhere, and then the following day, when they came back, they were walking past that very tree, and Peter, his disciple, saw the tree, and he saw that the thing had, been, had, had dried up from the roots. So he said, Master, look at this tree. Isn't this the tree that we saw yesterday, and you said that Nobody is going to eat from this tree, and you curse the tree. Look at it. It's completely dead. And he was surprised. He was like, who is this man? I mean, imagine it was you, and you are walking with somebody. Let's say you are walking with me. And I tell the tree that, look, from today, no one is going to eat from you. And you go, and you come back the next day, and truly, what I said about the tree has actually happened, because the tree has completely dried out. He was surprised. He's like, what is this? What's going on here? Who is this man that he can speak to a tree and in 24 hours, the tree is completely bad. I mean, even, even when you set fire to a tree, it takes a long time for the tree to be completely dried out. But here was Jesus. He had just spoken to the tree and they came back the next day and the tree was completely dried out. So he was shocked. So Jesus said to him, or to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Verse 22. Have faith in God. And then in verse 23, he started explaining. He said, whosoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So he's, he's sort of explaining what has just happened. The tree that has, has dried up, he's explaining that this is what has happened. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. So you say to a mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast unto the sea. And you don't doubt. Right? And he doesn't doubt, but believes that the things which he had said, the thing which he said shall come to pass. Surely it shall come to pass. 
So this is the point I'm making. <clears throat> when Jesus made that statement, it was not made to, um, he was not speaking to just Christians or to, to say, um, if you are a Christian, then when you say, it will happen. No. Neither was he saying that only those who speak in tongues. Neither was he saying that only a certain group of people. He said, whosoever, whoso, anybody who says to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. If he believes, it shall happen. Now listen to this. This is the reason. This is one of the explanations for one of the biggest problems or biggest questions we have as Christians. Which is, why is it that people who are not in the church or who don't even believe in God, it seems as though they have the same things that we are looking for? Have you ever asked that question before? That, oh, but it's like me, I'm in church. I do this. I do all the good things. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do all these bad things. But, I mean, it's like those people who are doing the bad things, they also have the same things. If I want a beloved, they also want a beloved. If I get a beloved, they also get a beloved. If I want a car and I get a car, they also get a car. So it's like, what is going on? How come they are also getting all the things that I am also looking for? Have you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What is happening is that Jesus is saying that people get what they say. Or they get what they ask for. If you don't ask or if you don't say, it ain't happening. <laughs> you ain't getting it. Is that the right? No, you, your, your slang is not powerful. Yeah. I need Miata. Miata to give me the... Yeah. If you don't say, it won't happen. If you don't ask, it will never happen. Yeah. Jesus, that's what Jesus is saying. He said that if you can only say to this mountain... Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. He's not, he hasn't started talking about prayer. He's just saying that speak to the mountain and tell the mountain, be moved. And the mountain will be moved. You see, you know the song, you move mountains. Um, sing it, sing it, sing it. Because was Ah. Pause, pause, pause. Rewind. Start from the beginning. Yes, we move mountains. You move mountains. You cause walls to fall. Pause. Press pause. You see, I always have these debates with my wife in, at home. Because I'm always, when, anytime I listen to songs, I'm always listening to the words, the lyrics. I'm very particular about the lyrics of a song. So anytime she's singing a song or I hear in especially these songs, these new songs, and this, I say, are you listening to the words of the song critically? Listen, pay attention to the word. What is it saying? Like the song she was singing today, before I came up, from Ephesians chapter six. Word for word, scripture. Word for word. If you like, open your Bible and let her sing to you personally. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, word for word. Those are the songs that I like. But you see, the reason why I, I just thought about this song is that, you see, when the songwriter said, you move mountains and what? You cause walls to fall. 
But you see, that's not what, when I, I think about it, I think about this scripture. The scripture says that, whoso, verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto the mountain, God is going to move the mountain. Ah. It didn't say God is going to move the mountain. It says that whosoever shall say to the mountain. In other words, you are the one who speaks to the mountain. And the mountain will move. Not God. God is not moving mountains. You are moving mountains with your words. <laughs> you cause walls to fall. The, the people who were, the walls that were falling in Jericho, what happened? The people were running around the, 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 the city and shouting and speaking and singing. That's what brought the walls down. Hallelujah. So if you don't speak, it ain't happening. And so he moved on to verse 24. And then he said, he said, therefore, in other words, what I'm about to say now is based on what I have established. He has established the fact that when you speak, that is when it will happen. If you don't speak, it will not happen. Therefore, when ye pray, so he's talking to disciples now. He said, when ye pray, when ye pray, what? Believe that ye receive them. So he's, now, he's telling them that you have to now speak in your prayer. You need to speak. You need to open your mouth and speak. Speak if you want any answer. Speaking and believing and then receiving before you even see it. Speaking, uh, uh, believing, receiving. Believe that ye receive and then ye shall happen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I wish you would get this part. That if you don't, see some of you, the reason why you don't have certain things is not because you haven't prayed, it's because you haven't actually said it. But you never actually say what you're asking for. You never actually speak, open your mouth and say it. You never. You say all kinds of things but the thing that you want. Meanwhile, Jesus is saying that I've established the fact that, look, people all around you, they get what they say. Therefore, you also, you also, when ye pray, believe. Believe. When ye pray, believe. When ye pray, in other words, when you speak, or when you are talking to God, because see, a Christian is supposed to talk to God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says that praying always with all prayers and supplications. Praying always. It's like a Christian must be praying always and be talking to God all the time. So Jesus is actually just reinforcing the fact that you are supposed to be speaking, you're supposed to be praying all the time anyway. So when you are praying and when you are speaking, believe. Because it is only those who speak who get. It's only those who say that it happens. <laughs> if you don't say it, it's not happening. I mean, I could stay here all day. So you get this part. That whatever you're looking for in your life, you need to start speaking. You need to start saying it. You need to start saying You need to start saying it. Because if mountains can move because you speak, how much more did 
I don't think anybody here is trying to look for a mountain to move, like physical mountains. No, no, the things that we are looking for, it's not, it's not mountains. But Jesus, unless you don't believe Jesus, or you don't believe his word, or you, you believe part of it, and just the other part you don't believe. A lot of people are like that. You don't believe the whole Bible. There's some part of it. But the Bible says that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. All, not part. All. All. So, as a Christian, you must be praying always. Six, Ephesians 6 and 18 says you must be praying always with, put it up there, let, let's see. Always with all prayer and supplication. Always. That is how, or that is why Jesus said that. We must pray. Because it is not as a Christian, your, your speaking should not, also not just be random words of, I mean, incoherent chatter. Just speaking, speaking without any direction. Hallelujah. But your speaking and your prayer must be according to the will of God. That is why you need it. It says here that supplication, all prayer in the spirit. Which means that you must be praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. You must know how to pray in the spirit. And learn how to utilize the spirit when you are praying. Because how do you know? That what you are praying is actually in the will of God. How do you know? So you need the Spirit of God to help you to pray. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, likewise the Spirit helpeth us in our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit maketh intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be added. Things that we cannot say. The Spirit of God comes. Romans 8, 26. When the Spirit of God comes and is leading us, it sort of replaces our words. Are you with me? He says, pray always in the, in the spirit, with all prayers, all supplications, in the spirit. And then this verse is teaching us that the spirit helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession. Like the spirit itself is making the prayers for us. So when you are not praying or you don't know how to pray in the Spirit or you refuse to pray in the Spirit, because there are different kinds of, different categories of people. Some people just refuse to pray in the Spirit. It's, it's like we don't believe in such things. Others don't want to. It's, maybe it's too spooky. Praying in the Spirit is, is not something that they like. And others too just don't have a desire for it. So, but it says that, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Look at the next verse, 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is the important part that I wanted to show you. According to the will of God. So as you are speaking and you are praying, you must be praying according to the will of God. How can you know you are praying according to the will of God? This is it. You need to be praying in the spirit. 
Because the Spirit maketh intercession for us with, with groanings that cannot be uttered. The things that you cannot say, the Holy Spirit can say it. That's why you need the Spirit. Hallelujah. And then when he's making intercession, he's making intercession according to the will of God. So now you have, you have, you have landed where you are supposed to be. I, I, hope, I hope I haven't lost you. I'm, you are with me. It's like everybody's trying to figure out what's going on with the baby. The people here. The people here, they like babies. <laughs> Including Alan. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, look. We need the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit to help us in our prayer. Which brings me to another point. That many times you have Christians who don't like to pray in the Spirit. And I believe that it is because they don't understand what it means to pray in the Spirit. And think, I mean, you'll say things like, oh, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God, I believe all this. But those tongues, those tongues that the people have been saying, those tongues that the people have been saying, is this for me? Thank you. Tongues, the tongues, the tongues that they have been saying, I, I don't believe it. I think it's fake. It's not genuine. How do they know? What, what is it that they are speaking? What are they saying? But you see, when you are not praying in the Spirit, you, you already, I mean, if we are to look at this scripture alone, you can see that you have, you have in the one before, you, we can see that you have missed out on something. You have missed out on a certain value. That comes through prayer and praying in the Spirit. Because it says all prayer, you should pray, said, pray all prayers in supplication, in the Spirit. And you, here you are, you want to pray, but you can't pray in the Spirit. How would you pray according to the will of God when you can't pray in the Spirit? But you know, speaking in tongues is not a spooky thing. It is in the Bible. That is what the Bible is. So when he's talking about praying in the Spirit, he's talking about Praying in tongues. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. You don't understand the words that 1 Corinthians 14, 14, it says, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my, 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 uh, my spirit prayed, but my understanding is unfruitful. It's unfruitful. It's like, you don't know what you are saying, but you are speaking. But how do you even get to that point? See, every Christian, every Christian, has the Spirit of God. When you believe and you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God comes inside of you. Are you with me? So, yes, there are Christians who don't speak in tongues. It doesn't mean that they don't have the Spirit. They have the Spirit, but they have a certain measure of the Spirit. If I take a, a glass with water, right? With water, just a glass of water. I wish I had it, but don't worry. I, I, um, just a glass. If I have a glass of water, don't worry, don't don't get it. It's okay. If we have a, if I have a glass of water, and the glass is half full, okay, and I hold the glass like that, is there water in it or there's no water in it? There's water in it. True. Okay. Now, First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse one, verse is it verse one or verse three? I believe it's verse three. It says that no man 
calleth Jesus accursed. Right? Go, go to 1 Corinthians 12, 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It said, verse, and, sorry, verse 3. Go to verse 3. Wherefore, give you to, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. In other words, if the Spirit of God is not inside of you, you cannot say Jesus is Lord. You cannot accept Jesus as your Lord. Are you with me? So you need the Spirit of God inside of you to at least just help you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So that glass that is half full, it, it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Are we together? Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 20, verse 22, he said that, uh, uh, the, the Bible says, and, and, and he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. This is in John. The Holy Spirit, they're speaking in tongues and all these things. The Holy Spirit hadn't actually come in Acts, they were still in John. Jesus hadn't even gone into heaven. And he said that, receive 20, John 20, chapter 20. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. So he, he, they received the Holy Ghost, but they were not speaking in tongues. Then, then, 20, then in Acts chapter 2, Verse 1, it says, when the, when, the, when, the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, with one accord, in one place. And suddenly there came a voice from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Then verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloving tongues like as of fire and, each, and sat on each of them. Then verse 4 says that, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what happened? They began to speak in tongues. So their speaking in tongues was a result of something that happened. What happened? They were all filled, but they had the Holy Ghost. Remember, Jesus breathed on them and said that, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Acts, um, um, 1 Corinthians 12 says that you cannot even say Jesus is Lord if you don't have the Holy Ghost. So they had the Holy Ghost, but they were not filled. They were not filled. It was just a half full glass. So when you take that glass now and you pour some water in it and you continue to pour, what is going to happen to that glass or a bottle? What's going to happen? It was half full. With what? Water. And now you are pouring more water into the glass. What is going to happen? It will get full. It will get full. And then when it gets full, what happens? It begins to overflow. And begins to spill over. That is when you start to speak in tongues. So, you're speaking in tongues. Or the reason why you have not started speaking in tongues is not that you don't have the Holy Ghost. It's just that you are not filled with the Holy Ghost. Because when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they began to speak in tongues. You will speak in tongues. That's, that's how it happens. But you see, a lot of Christians, there are even churches where they don't speak in tongues. There are many churches where they don't speak in tongues. Yes, the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is inside all of them. 
but they don't speak in tongues because they are half full or a quarter full or three quarter full, but they are not full. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues. Yeah, praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Hmm. Praying in the Spirit. You need to have the Holy Ghost and you need to be able to... Listen, you cannot really pray for a long time without the Holy Ghost, without the Spirit of God. Pray. What will you pray for? What, will, how are you, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? You just speak for a few minutes and then you'll be tired. you stop, you stop speaking. So you need the Holy Ghost to actually help you to pray. What's the time? Wow. You need the Holy Ghost to help you to pray, to know what to say. Because without it, you don't know what to say. So that is why the Spirit is, is, was given, so that you would know what to say. For we know not, for we know not, for we know not, for we know not, for we know not. Unless you don't believe in what the Word of God says. It says, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. It's, it's, it's not that we don't know what to pray for, but we don't know how. Look at it. Uh, go, go, go back to Romans 8.26. That we do not know how, how to pray for the things that we need to pray for. For we know not what to pray for as we ought. Do you have the New American Standard Version? For verse 26. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. As we ought, the way we should do it, that's what we don't know. The way we should do it, that's what we don't know. But For we know not how to pray as we ought. Which version is this one? Sorry? American. You have New Living Translation. Any other version? I just want to see if there's another translation. Because I know some people don't understand the word ought. I find it difficult understanding that word ought. But where is it? We, know, we, we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. That is it. We don't know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. We don't. So we need the Spirit of God. Go back to the King James. We need the Spirit of God to help us, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Then verse 27, look at verse 27. And he that searcheth the heart. So, you see, the person who is searching your heart and who is looking into your heart, he knows what is inside your heart. He knows. He knows. And then he also knows what is the mind of the Spirit. You see, so what is in your heart and what is in God's heart, he knows the two. That is why he's the best person to make intercession for the saints, for you. Because he knows what is in your heart, what you want. There are some things in your heart that you want that you can't even... If I say pray, I give you a mic and I say pray, you can't even say it. You'll be here, you just... You'll never say it, especially when you have the mic. you say it. You don't want us to hear. You don't want us to know. Do you think that all the prayers Alan is praying, if we give him a mic... And we say, stand here and pray. Do you think he'll say those? He won't say it. He won't say it. He will not say it. 
We'll be here for an hour. We'll just, oh, shum, shum, He will never say what he really wants to say. So, he needs to be able to speak and pray in the Spirit because the Spirit, it says that the Spirit searched the hearts. Okay? The Spirit searched the heart. And the Spirit also knows the mind. The mind of God. The mind of the Spirit. And because he maketh intercession for the saints. So that's what makes him the best candidate to, to actually pray for, for us. Intercede for us. Because he knows both sides. He knows both sides. So if the Spirit of God is actually in you and you are actually praying or the Spirit is making intercession for you, don't you think all your prayers will be answered? Or do you think some prayers will not be answered? Everything will be answered. Because he knows your mind. You're supposed to pray according to the Spirit. He knows your heart. He knows the mind of God or the will of God. And he's in the middle. So he just combines it. By all means, all your prayers are going to be answered. Why? Because he's going to be praying according to the will of God. Hallelujah. So when you pray in the Spirit, you are guaranteeing yourself answered prayer. Guaranteed. That's why verse 28... Look at verse 28. It says that, And we know that all things work together for good for them that are called according to his purpose. Those that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. So this is answered prayer. All things are working together for our good. All things. I mean, it's something that we always say. All things. There's even a song like that. Um, it's intentional. Never failing. All things are working for my good. Ah, Madam, don't you know how to sing it? You don't know how to sing it. Okay. Yeah. All things. There's even another one. There's another one. I think it's maybe Sinatra or something. Yeah. All things are working around for my good. All things are turning around. There's another one. It's like turning around. You know the turning around? Who knows that song? Turning around for my good. Turning, turning, turning around for my good. Turning, turning around for my good. Turning around for my good. What is it? Sing it. Turning around for my good. It's turning around for my good. I see everything turning around for my good. Turning, turning, turning. It's turning around for my good. Turning, turning. It's turning around. See, so we, we pray these prayers. We say that all things are working together for our good. But what is it? What, what, you, see, you have to understand. That's why the Bible says, He said, If my words abide in you, if, says, if ye abide in me, John chapter 15, verse 7, and my words abide in you, then you will ask whatsoever ye desire, and ye shall have them. So when you are talking about Go, go, go back to verse 27, uh, verse 28, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. So it when all things are working together for our good, there is a reason why all things are working together for our good. And that is because the Spirit of God is making intercession for you. So the Word of God or the, the, the Spirit of God knows what is in your heart, knows what is in the heart of God, in the mind of God, and He brings the two together. And that is what makes everything work together for your good. So if you decide that, as for the Spirit of God and 
praying in the spirit, I am not good. Those are the things that I don't like. Preacher, preach. Say whatever you want to say. But as for this praying in the spirit and this type of speaking in tongues and all these things, my spirit doesn't connect very well with it. Yeah. You have made a mistake. Because that is what will guarantee you answered prayer and all things working together for your good. So from today, don't just be screaming, all things are working together for my good. Rather, try and connect yourself to the Spirit and allow the Spirit to pray through you. Yeah, allow the Holy Spirit. Be a man of the Spirit. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In the Spirit. In the Spirit. You've got to believe it. <laughs> it's the Word of God. You've got to believe it. Hallelujah. You got to believe it. You got to speak it. Got to, my time is gone. I've not even started my time. It's two o'clock. I said that we are talking about what happens when you don't pray. That's the subject. All these things are comedies. Not comedies, but intro. So when we are praying, right, we are talking about prayer. Tell yourself that, look, I need to be able to pray in the Spirit. I, I mean, if, if if, you have, if there's anything that you want God to help you with, okay, tell him to help you to be able to pray in the Spirit. I think it's one of the most important things, if not the most important thing, to be able to pray and pray in the Spirit. Because we've just learned that whatsoever ye desire, when ye pray, believe. It's like you have to pray. You have to pray, but you have to pray according to the will of God. Hey, you, don't know, you don't know everything that God wants from you, for you. So you need the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit of God. Otherwise, people who are not even in the church and people who are out there will be speaking things and getting them. I hope you understand that from today. Why people get things, people who are not in church. You have some friends who are very rich, richer than you, and they are not in church. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you want, you want some money. You need some money. You need some other things. You need a new car. You know? Or, or, or I almost said a new husband. <laughs> Forgive. Yeah. Yeah. I almost said you need a new wife or a new husband. No, you don't need a new wife or a new husband. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we need the Spirit of God to help us, to be able to speak, to be able to speak and say the things that we desire. We're talking about prayer. In fact, we'll be talking about prayer for some time. And I want you to understand the basic, the, the initial thing about prayer is that if you don't speak, it will not happen. If you don't speak, it will not happen. Jesus said it. He said it. He said, it, 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 uh, uh, 20, verse 23, he says that, Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have that which he saith. Therefore, I want you to remember that word, therefore, based on this, who speaks good, I mean, not speak good, but who has done English, who, have, who did English to a very... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if 
if you, if you understand it very well, you see that therefore means that something has happened. And based on that, based on that, based on what has happened or what has been said, If you are a doctor, it's because you were saying that you will be a doctor. I, I want to be a doctor. I, I am going to be a doctor. I, yeah, I want to be a doctor. So we have this doctor here. When, were, were you saying that you want to be a landscaper? <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with landscaping. But were you saying you wanted to be a landscaper? No, you were saying that you wanted to be a doctor. And that thing is what so anything you find yourself doing now, I, I'm a pastor. I was saying that I want to be a pastor. I'm going to be a pastor. I, I was saying it. I call myself pastor. Or if not, help me, help me calling myself pastor. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. And you also call me pastor. So the more you are calling me pastor, the more I, say, I have become a pastor. <laughs> yeah. That's why you need to give your children good names. And if you have a bad name, you need to change your bad name. If you have a name that is bad, like Abebrese, uh, which means what? I'm tired. I'm always tired. I'm always frustrated. I'm always, if you have that type of name, you will always be frustrated and you will always be tired. Yeah. You see? But if you give yourself a name like um, Joy, you see, it means that he's looking for joy, you know. <laughs> yeah, you give yourself name. No, it's a beautiful name. I, I told my wife that if I have another child, I would have called her Joy. She, and she doesn't like it. No, no, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like So it's not happening because she doesn't like the name Joy. She doesn't like it. Yeah. What if it's a boy? Yeah, we'll call him jo, jo, Joya or something. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Listen, I wish you would get this. If you get this, eh, we, we, Jesus, Jesus told the people, he said, that, look, you people, eh, you are surprised that I've said to this tree that nobody is going to eat from you. He didn't pray. Jesus didn't pray to the tree. He didn't say, in the name of Jesus, you tree, nobody is going to speak to you. I mean, nobody is going to eat from you. He, didn't, he never said that. Never. He said that from today, it's over. The tree is cursed. Nobody will eat from the tree. He didn't mention God. And so he said that, so when we are singing the song, maybe we should change the song. It's, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the song is a bad song. It's a nice song. I like it. I sing it all the time. Even last week, we sang the song here in church. Um, you move mountains. You, but then that's not what the word of God says. He didn't say that God moves mountains. 23. No, because some of you are looking at me as if I'm saying something wrong. 23, please go back and let's read it together. 23, brother. 23. Technical issues. Mark 11, verse 23. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Whosoever shall say, whosoever, whosoever, whosoever. let's say it together. Whosoever shall say whoso let's start again whosoever shall say 
Not God shall say. Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. He shall not doubt. That's how you get prayers answered. You speak. You speak. I'm always speaking. Look, I can be sitting in my car. I, I, I'll be saying all sorts of wild things. It's easy. I mean, it's the, the make the thing for the thing to happen. That, that's not me. That's God's job. If God will not make it happen, that's not, I, my job is to speak and to say it. To pray. He said, Jesus said, therefore pray. When you pray, believe. Just pray, which is the speaking, and then believe. That ye have them, and that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Hallelujah. So, after all these things that I've said, you can, I, I don't even need to say what I'm, I don't even need to share what I'm about to share, because what I'm about to share is what happens when you don't pray. I mean, if you hear all these things and you will not pray, then, 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 then deliverance, we need some, we need to pour some oil on you. Yeah, because you should understand by now that. Not praying and not speaking is a suicidal action. You, you, I mean, you are, you, are, you are making a big mistake if you choose not to pray, especially praying in the Spirit. If you choose not to pray and not to pray in the Spirit, you are making a big mistake. Big mistake. So point number one, what happens when you do not pray? We are almost done. Time is up. Where are my notes? What happens when you don't pray? Point number one, what happens when you don't pray? When you don't pray, those of you who are writing, your life is directed by happenstance. Everyone say happenstance. Say it again. One more time. What does the word happenstance mean? It means that, or the word means circumstances, chance, good luck. Bad luck, good fortune, misfortune, quirks, serendipity, twist of fate. When you don't pray, your life is governed by these things. It's like your whole life is just is by chance. Things happen by chance. Things happen by serendipity. Things happen by quirks. Hallelujah. When you don't pray, random things happen just because they are happening and your life is governed by these random things. Not by God. Not by the Spirit of God. Not by the person who searches the hearts and also knows the mind of God and maketh intercession for us according to the will of God. Not by the person who, when he makes intercession for us by the will of God, all things work together for our good. That's not how your life is governed when you don't pray. No, sorry. When you, when, when you don't pray, that your life is governed by these type of chances and random things. You see. So, let's read a certain scripture in the Old Testament. We'll end with that, and we'll continue next week. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? All right. First Kings chapter 22, verse 9. 
19. 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 19. Now, this is a very interesting story. Um, looks like it, will, it, might ex, it will explain to us this idea of happenstance. Okay, so 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 19. Hmm. Are you there? And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I say, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him and at the right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. So the people were just saying, like he was asking, the Lord was saying that, who will go and convince um, King Ahab to go to Ramoth Gilead um, and, and die there? And they were saying, this person will say, this person will say, this person will say. I, I'm trying to explain to you things that happen. Things that happen. Hmm. And there came forth a spirit. Everyone say a spirit. And stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. Which means that a prophet too can say something that is not correct. Anyway, that's for another day. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. That's the Lord speaking. Now therefore, behold, the Lord had put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord had spoken evil concerning thee. Now, jump to verse 30. Jump to verse 30. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will enter. I will disguise myself and enter into the battle. So this is Ahab. Right? Enter into the battle, but put thou on thy robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. So now we have a king who wants to go and fight. He wants to go and lead his, his army into battle. Okay? But he doesn't want to be killed. He doesn't know what has happened. You know, the fact that some lying spirit has been sent to come and convince him to go into the battle. Because he didn't have to go. He could have stayed. Remember, David didn't go to battle. He stayed. Do you remember the story of David? The day that he was, he didn't go to battle. He was walking on the rooftop, and then he saw that beautiful lady bathing naked. And he called the lady. He said, "Bring this one to me quickly." Do you remember that story? Yeah. So King Ahab also didn't need to go. He could have stayed, but he said somebody had come and convinced him to go into the battle. So he went. He said his idea was that look. If I go into the battle with my kingly robes, everybody will know. So let me disguise myself. So he took on somebody else's robes and then gave his robes to somebody else and asked the guy who was called Jehoshaphat. And he said that you go into the battle wearing my robes so that everybody will think that you are the king. You understand? Then he disguised himself. Then the king of Syria commanded his 30 and 2 captains that had rule over his chariots saying, fight neither small nor great. Save only the king of Israel. In other words, I command you, you 30, he, like he chose his best 30 soldiers and he said that you people, don't fight anybody in this battle. Just look out for the king of Israel. 
30 people for one man. So they started fighting. Big battle. I mean, large people fighting. You, one man, 30 people are looking for you. You see, so sometimes when we are, as Christians, we move around and it's like, we feel that we know it all. We feel that we have everything and we've got it all covered. You don't know. You, you can just cover yourself. Meanwhile, there are 30 people who have aimed arrows at you and you will not pray. You will pray. Hmm. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat. Remember Jehoshaphat? Jehoshaphat was the one who was wearing, he had borrowed the king's um, clothes. The smart guy who decided that he wanted to wear the king's clothes into the battle. He didn't know that 30 captains had been chosen to kill that one man. And you are now wearing his clothes. Okay, you let me continue. That they said, surely it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. So they found him. They said, oh, this is the king of Israel. Let's get him because that's what the king of Syria has commanded us to do. And then they started to charge on the Jehoshaphat guy. Charlie, the guy saw that the people were coming. He said, hey, I am not the king of, my name is Jehoshaphat. Look, look at me. This is my social security card and this is my uh, birth certificate and my ID. My mother, my mother is here. She comes from this place. My father is this, this, this. Hey, my na- I am not the king of Israel. Meanwhile, when they were giving him the king robes, he didn't complain. He took it. Next verse. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him because they realized that this is not the guy. This is not the guy we are looking for. They were looking for the king. Verse 30, 34. And a certain man, say a certain man, drew a bow at adventure, which means that he just, he just, I mean, there were so many people fighting. So many bows and arrows. In those days, they didn't have machine guns. They had bows and arrows. You see. So the guy drew his bow and his arrow. Per adventure. At adventure. It means that it's just, um, um, just a random... I mean, everybody's shooting, so let's shoot. Are you understanding what I'm saying? What's going on here? He wasn't deliberate. He didn't know where the king was. In any case, nobody knew who the king was. Because the king, his, he was dressed up as a regular soldier. The kingly ropes were on Jehoshaphat. And now they discovered that Jehoshaphat is not the king. So now how do you find the king? Because you have been given a charge to kill only the king. Don't kill anybody left right. Kill only the king. So they said that a certain man took his arrow and his bow, drew it like that. And, sh- and, and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. So you have like a shield and then in between, like, I mean, can you imagine that the whole shield, the arrow that was shot at random was able to find just the king himself. The thousands of people who were on the battlefield, one arrow shot at random was able to come all the way to the king and not just hit any part of his body, but the one, the single, the joint. In between, the smallest place that was open, the arrow went right there, boom, for the king. And he said, 
unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. Next verse. <clears throat> for I am wounded. And next verse, 35. And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians and died. In other words, there was so much fighting that they could not move the king from the battlefield back home for him to go and get some emergency ER, whatever. He had to stay. So he was stuck in the chariot. And then he died there by evening. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. Hallelujah. So you look at this story and you see, you realize that Ahab probably thought that, oh, I am just, or even if you, if you think about the fact that someone just shot an arrow randomly into the air and it landed on the king. When, when, we, when we are reading this man's um, obituary or when the doctors are doing his uh, autopsy, there was a, it was a random um, arrow that was shot and it came and killed him. He died in battle randomly. But what we forget or what we don't realize is that before that thing happened, something had occurred in the spirit realm. Remember that we read the scripture said that, and the spirit said that I will go. The Lord said that I'm looking for someone who will go and convince Ahab to get into that battle. So you see something happening in the physical. You think that, oh, it's just something. It's just a random act. Oh, it's just a little argument. Oh, it's just... But what you don't realize is that there has been some manipulation in the spirit. There's something that is going on that is pushing things to happen in a certain way in your life. So you sit there and you don't pray. Your life will become like somebody who's... It's like, it's just a chance. Things will just happen by chance. Things will, but nothing happens by chance. What you think is happening by chance. You see, you are driving today. We, there's, there's a snowstorm coming. So everybody has to go home. I mean, early. And what's the time? We have to close so that everybody can go home. Yeah. But there's a storm. So imagine. Think about it. Imagine that there's... Um, maybe your car is parked. God forbid. Nobody's car will be, will be affected by the storm. But your car is parked somewhere. And a tree, because it's a snowstorm, a tree branch falls on the car. Are you with me? You will think that even the insurance company will say that, oh, it's a random act. I mean, they may not even pay for your car. They, they call it um, an act of God. They call it an act of God, random. So the thing just drops and falls on the car. You are saying that it just happened by chance. But even that is not by chance because there was a snowstorm and then there was snow piling up on the branch and the branch fell because it was heavy and could not carry the weight of the snow and smashed your windshield. So you think that it's a, it's a random act. It's just chance. But something actually happened to cause the tree to fall or the branch to fall. Are you, are you with me? That nothing happens by chance. That is why you should not leave your, your life to chance and to happenstance and to quirks. You can't do that. Your life is too important for you to just say that whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to, I mean, I, all die, be die. Yeah, it is, your life is too precious and too important for that. 
Hallelujah. So you must be ready and make it a point to understand that praying is the sure sign and the sure way to ensure that your life is not governed by chance and by quirks, but it's governed by the Spirit of God and the will of God. Hallelujah. That is the only way. That is the only way. That is the only way that all things will work together for your good. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Let us pray. Next week, God willing, we'll continue. We'll wrap up this teaching on why or what happens when you don't pray. So very quickly, just close your eyes. Maybe you are here today. You do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone standing, eyes closed. don't know the Lord Jesus. And you want to say, Lord, come into my heart. I want to give my life to you today. Maybe you're, you are thinking about the Spirit of God and all these things about praying in the Spirit. And you don't even know where to start from. Or maybe you are far from God. You used to be close to God. But you are not anymore. And all kinds of strange things are even happening in your life. And you are wondering, what is going on in my life? I need the Spirit of God to help me. I need God to come back into my life. Yeah. Maybe this is the time. You want to pray and you want to say that, Lord, I want to accept you into my life again. I want to rededicate my life to you. If you are here like that, I want you to lift up your hand and I want to pray with you. Believe that that your life will turn around and all things will work together for your good. Let us pray together. Say this up to me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We receive your son, Jesus Christ, into our lives. Say, say, I receive Jesus into my life. I rededicate my life to him. From today, I can't hear you. Say, from today, I belong to Jesus. And I will serve Jesus. Say, Satan. Satan, I belong to Jesus. I don't belong to you. Nothing about me belongs to you. I serve Jesus. I will serve Jesus all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. Jesus.
up the bread. There's, there's some people outside. Can you ask them to come in? Say, this is the body of Jesus Christ. Say it. Say, this is the body of Jesus Christ. Say, this was broken for me. That I will have life. Because of this, my life is renewed. I am refreshed. Thank you, Jesus, for sacrificing your life on the cross for me. Because of you, I am not condemned. Because of you, I am not ashamed. Because of you, Nothing that the devil plans and assigns against me will come to pass. Thank you, Jesus. And take the cup and say, this is the blood of Jesus. Say it confidently. Jesus said that if you will say, if only you will say, if only you will say, this mountain beat down so lift it up and say this is the blood of Jesus all my sins are washed away all my all sicknesses and diseases are taken away because of the blood because of the blood because of the blood of Jesus I have life. I am healed. I am restored because of this blood. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Drink it. Father, in the name of Jesus, hold on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this privilege to come before your table to partake of your body and of your blood. We thank you for the cleansing power that is in your blood. Thank you for the refreshments that we receive. The new life, the vigor, the energy that comes to us through your body and through your blood. We thank you. We rededicate our lives to you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you will wash us and cleanse us and make us new. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that your life has been transformed by the power of the Word of God. If you would like us to pray with you or would like to worship with us, please contact us at the Kodesh Family Church, University City, Philadelphia or call 267-809-5530. Thank you and God richly bless you.